Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Joe Galati podcast, broadcasting high above the Texas Medical Center in Houston, purveyor of all things related to the liver, health and wellness, nutrition, food and cooking, and all around doctor banter and witty repartee with our experts that visit us. Our website is drjoegalati.com. If you'd like to send me a note, subscribe to our newsletter, or even see me as a patient. If you want to call and be part of the program, dial us at 888-438-9431. And now, on with the podcast. Live from Houston, Texas, home to the world's largest medical center. This is Your Health First, the most beneficial health program on radio with Dr. Joe Galati. During the next hour, you'll learn about health, wellness, and the prevention of disease. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joe Galati. Well, 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 it's another glorious Sunday evening in Houston, Texas, and you're all tuned in to Your Health First. Every Sunday between 7 and 8 p.m., we are here, and and our single goal is to make you better consumers of healthcare, period, end of story, making you all better consumers of healthcare. We have been saying that every Sunday night since... 2003, March, we should have an anniversary show, I think, 19 years. But that is what we do every Sunday evening here. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. The website that we would like you to go to is drjoegalati.com. And once you get there, main thing, sign up for our newsletter. Every Wednesday morning, our newsletter goes out across the country. And by signing up, we give you a freebie. You're going to get a fiber guide. Usually about an hour or two later, you're going to get the fiber guide in your email. And uh, certainly fiber is very important to your nutrition and health and wellness. So sign up for the newsletter and get our fiber guide. Now on the program tonight, coming up in just a little while, we are going to be talking about nutrition. We're going to be talking about liver disease. I've got two of my Team members here, Lauren McNamara, the latest addition to the team. She is a registered dietitian, and she handles the nutritional issues related to our patients with liver disease and something called fatty liver, amongst other things. And Natalie Amante, no stranger to Your Health First. It's been a couple of years since she's been on. She is a physician assistant working with our liver patients, and they are both here in the studio, studio tonight. And so it's going to be a very information-rich program tonight. But go to drjoegalati.com, sign up for our newsletter, and uh, follow us along. Uh, That's exciting. All right. So one of our, I would like to say, super fans, she goes by the name of Michelle. She probably is listening tonight. Last evening, she sent me a message with a quote that I felt compelled to share with everybody tonight. It's actually from Muhammad Ali's daughter. 
Her name is Layla Ali. She too was a boxer, from what I understand. And this is the quote, and this really struck me, and I, I believe that this really represents all of what this program is about, all of what our team, both at our practice, Liver Specialists of Texas, and the Your Health First team, wants to share with everybody. And I will say, quote, don't wait until you get sick to start living a healthy lifestyle. Take control of your health now so you can have good quality in of later life. So it is do not wait until all of the bolts and the nuts in your body start falling off and things start rattling. You want to take care of yourself now. Have a healthy lifestyle now. And so along that Along that line, things that I enjoy talking about is, do you know your numbers? Now, what, what are your numbers? Do you know your blood pressure? Do you know your weight? Do you know what your weight should be? Do you know what your cholesterol is? For me and the patients that I see, what are your liver enzymes or your liver chemistries? What's your kidney function like? What's your heart rate? These are all really, really important numbers, and I like to say we need to have our own personal dashboard. You're driving your car, you've got all of these lights and needles and dials, and you know exactly how the car is functioning. You want to make sure that you have a good relationship with your doctor and your, your care team. Are they explaining these results, these numbers? Or are you asking for an explanation. So they may not they may not say anything to you. Oh, yeah, Bob, everything's okay. We say, wait, wait a second. What's this little red check mark? Have them explain it to you. And really, do you really understand the implication of whatever abnormality or condition you're being treated for? Do you really understand what pre-diabetes means? Is it a big deal or a little deal? Is it going to cut my life short? What about the implication of just a touch of high blood pressure, as, as we like to say? What is the real implication for your health long-term of being 10, 15, 20 pounds overweight? Do you really understand that? Now, we're here because at work, at the office, at the hospital, we see individuals that have been walking around with problems with their weight, problems with their blood pressure, not being addressed. And these are the things that we want you to get knowledgeable with. What's the immediate and long-term effect of drinking too much alcohol? And the ugly truth, and we talk about the ugly truth here a lot, is to face up to these issues and avoidance is totally normal. It's a, it's a totally perfect defense mechanism for you. And for all of us to lessen that pain. I'll ignore it. It'll go away. My mother used to say this was the ostrich syndrome. Stick your head in the sand and it'll go away. So that is it. It's a great, it's a great quote. Don't wait until you get sick to start living a healthy lifestyle. Take control of your health now so you can, you can have good quality of life later. That is what we all need to shoot for. Little Rod Stewart as we uh, head out here tonight. Don't forget, drjogalotti.com. 
I am Dr. Joe Galati. This is Your Health First every Sunday on 740 KTRH. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Dr. Joe Galati. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You're tuned into Your Health First every Sunday between 7 and 8 p.m. And we want to make you better consumers of health care, raising your health IQ every single Sunday. So tonight in the studio, special guest, we have Natalie Amante, who is a physician assistant with us at our practice, Liver Specialist of Texas. And we have someone new to the team, Lauren McNamara, our registered dietitian. Ladies, welcome to the program. Hello. It's very, very nice to be back. This is Natalie. All right. This is Lauren. Nice to see everyone. All right. Terrific. All right. We're going to get right into this, um, Natalie. First question. You... um, I think the funny thing was in PA school, you won the award to be most likely to run a liver clinic. Is that is that the truth? <laughs> that is the truth. Before PA school, I got a taste of the liver working at Liver Specialists of Texas and since then stayed true to it. Yeah. All right. So I, I guess I would say if what would you like everybody tonight to understand regarding the importance of a healthy liver. We talk about liver disease a lot, but from your perspective as a PA, seeing patients, talking to them all the time, what's, what's your sense? Yeah, you know, I I think the liver is, is often underrated. It's the largest internal organ in the body, has hundreds of functions, yet a lot of people really don't know much about it. And I've heard it a lot, I'm sure, you know, all of our listeners have as well. Dr. Galati says that the liver suffers in silence. Right. And... This is a lot of my patients come in with liver, chronic liver disease, no symptoms, feel great. And until they have end-stage liver disease and are seeing these symptoms from the complications of liver disease, they really are asymptomatic. And it's, it's so important to foster a healthy environment with the food choices, exercise, limiting alcohol, knowing your numbers, like yeah. you said, what's yeah. your blood pressure? And using that to move forward with a healthy liver, it's, it's just so important. Right. What would you say, again, speaking to hundreds of patients in a week, the most misunderstood fact about the liver? Because if you if you really don't understand it, you're going to be off in left field thinking everything is hunky-dory. Right. And the biggest thing for me is people think that alcohol is the only thing that can cause liver disease. Right. I have people coming in and saying, I swear – never been drunk in my life, never had a sip of alcohol, yet what do you mean I have cirrhosis of the liver? What do you mean I have fatty liver disease? And those conversations can be a reality check for some, devastating for some, and just talking about awareness and what can cause liver disease, so many different things. Well, alcohol, yes, is one of them, but non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is really plagued our our community with 
one in four adults have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And this is, this is a really big yeah. issue. No, for sure. Now, Lauren, same thing about misunderstandings, because our mission here, both at the office seeing patients and on the radio and social media, everything we do, it is to have people understand because we realize the misunderstandings are what get people in trouble. So mm-hmm. what would you say is the the most common misunderstanding about food and nutrition? Yeah. I think similarly the key is education like what you were saying. I think that's going to be the best solution. And so I think what's people don't understand too much is that there's one thing or there's one food that's going to make them healthy or nutritious right. or you know, I'm sure you guys both get this as a doctor and a PA. When you tell them you're a doctor or PA, they say, oh, I have this one product that I've been looking at. Will right. this make me healthy? And especially studying nutrition, I see this all the time. Adding a shake or removing one food group, is right. that going to make my life more nutritious, more right. healthy? Right. And and you'll, you'll see reports coming out almost on a weekly basis. Beets mm-hmm. are the food to prevent breast cancer. Drinking coffee will cut down on Alzheimer's. And and there is one food tied to one disease. And what I tell everybody is you need to eat all of these foods not to present, prevent breast cancer, Alzheimer's, fungus toe, bad breath, rotten teeth, whatever it is. You need the full complement. Mm-hmm. So now, Natalie. But I mean, what do you think? You're you're you you're talking to patients as well. Right. What what are they saying? Because many times the dialogue comes around to food and their weight, which is a sensitive topic. What are they telling you? Yeah, I mean, it's I've totally cut carbs out for the past twelve days, and is this sustainable? Should I be doing this? Is there a certain fruit or vegetable or you know, is there a pill? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes too. And it really is eating a colorful diet, reading the food label, knowing what you're putting into your body. This is what we fuel our bodies with and knowing, again, how to shop, how to make meals with your family and make this a real lifestyle change to start living well now so you don't have to deal with this chronic illness in the future. Right. Mm-hmm. Name of the game, preventive, preventive medicine, yes, really. for sure. Now, Lauren... Talking about obesity, it is probably one of the toughest topics to talk to people. They are, they become defensive, understandably. It's, um, I don't want to say disfiguring, but there's a certain image that goes along with it. What do you think is the root cause of obesity? And how how do we attack that? Yeah, what, what I think is really at the... There's all different ways that someone can fall into obesity. And I think what's common in all of those is using food not as fuel, using food as something else, whether that's comfort, whether that, you know, we use food to celebrate, we use food to commiserate, we use food when we're happy, when we're sad, when we're having a good day, a bad day. And so when we go to food for anything else than I'm hungry, it becomes something else for us. And we're not, we completely diminish our hunger cues, which really messes up our metabolism. And food kind of becomes this relationship that we can't control when we use it for an emotional crutch. Well, and I think Yeah, I, I mean a lot of people will say, 
you're having these health problems because you have a bad relationship with food. Ex- explain that, because when I hear, not not that I do a double take, but I need to be sort of re-educated every time I hear that, talking with our uh, dietitians mm-hmm. about that. So what, what in the last minute or so, what, what yeah. do you think that means? So when people say a bad relationship with food, that means, like I was saying, using food as anything else than I'm hungry, I need energy. And again, it is okay to have a birthday cake. We're celebrating. This kind of symbolizes something exciting. But when we use food as I'm upset and this is going to, I mean, carbs directly increase our serotonin levels. Like there's science behind food makes us feel better, which is how we get stuck in that cycle. But when when we look to food, when our day is circled around, what am I going to eat next? How is food going to make me feel better? Our hunger cues shut off. Yeah. And we're no longer feeling those triggers of my my stomach's rumbling, which is sometimes good to feel that way because it's telling us my body needs energy or it doesn't. Right. So when that gets thrown off, we get in this cycle of emotional eating, as they right. call it. Right. So people say, I'm bored, I'm mm-hmm. tired, I'm depressed, I hate my boss. I'm going to make myself feel better by having a super huge Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a huge factor in this. Yeah. Now, Natalie, again, I'm going to jump to you. What are patients telling you about this? When you, I, I guess, I guess the funniest thing, and it's not funny, it's quite sad, when we're talking to patients and say, look, we have a solution of eating differently, different foods, and they say, can I still have Bluebell, right? You go through this whole thing, you might have cirrhosis, you've got diabetes, your heart is bad, and then they say, could I still have Bluebell? Yeah, and I mean, I come at it from a different way, too, because it is the high A1Cs, diabetes, the heart disease. I have chest pain when I'm eating these food, but it tastes so good. Right. And it really is, you know, what line are you going to draw? Who are you doing this for? How do you want to live better? What what decisions are you going to make today? What sacrifices are you even going to make? And this isn't easy. I always start this with, this is not easy. This will be hard. This is a lifestyle change. And I will be your accountability partner in this because I genuinely care about your health. And then we can start this relationship where they're motivated to feel better. And it's so rewarding. And I'm telling Lauren that these patients come back and their whole family's eating differently. And they there are a lot, so many dynamics where the grandparents live with the kids and, you know, everyone. And it's just really cool to see families you know, really Excellent. pay attention to their health. Great. All right. All right. Everybody, we have, we're halfway through. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. This is Your Health First. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back. Don't forget, go to drjoegalati.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Still don't know what I was waiting for. And my time was running wild in dead end streets and every time. I'm so glad you are tuned in this Sunday evening to Your Health First. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Our goal here every Sunday is to make you better consumers. It sounds like a bit of a cliche, but it is providing you all with that knowledge, that information to take the steps to try to intervene early and prevent disease. I am here with Natalie Amante, a physician assistant with our practice liver specialist of Texas, and Lauren McNamara, registered dietitian, 
new to the team. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you. Lauren, you're doing a great job. So one one um, question to start off on, on the nutrition front here is a lot of people that are overweight or obese, they, they have this sense that they can exercise their weight off. They need to drop 10, 15 pounds, and they think that if they just pound it out at the gym, lifting weights, running, Stairmaster, that is all they need to do, and uh, they really don't take as much interest in the food. Can mm-hmm. you can you get your weight down by just exercising? You know, I wish that was true. Um, you know, I think people turn to exercise because it's they feel they can control it more than the food they're eating. They feel like it's almost almost kind of like a punishment. So if I ate this thing that's unhealthy, I'm going to punish myself in the gym. And then you get into the tricky thing of tracking the calories you're burning mm-hmm. per slice of cake you're eating. You know, it gets it gets tricky there because I think that makes us look at food in the wrong way as well. Right. You know, one mile equals two slices of cake later. That's not a sustainable way to look at your yeah. food. Um, and when we're eating so much and so much, our body doesn't, our body can't r- jog that off. There's, there's a limit to where our body is nourished and where our body will immediately put all of that food storing into fat. Yeah. So, so how, how do you, how do you talk to someone? So, you know, come Monday, you're going to see somebody that is overweight. And, and again, a lot of people are in that 10, 15 pound range. And you get their history and they say, yes, I go to the gym. I play basketball on Tuesday night. And when you talk about the the diet part, they're a little lacking. And they're like, yeah, but I go to the gym five days a week. What What do you tell them? Yeah. And nutrition can be overwhelming, especially because there's so many resources to find information on. So what I like really focusing on, it's it's called the crowding out method. It's let me add things to my diet that are healthy rather than focus on what I can take away. And the more you're adding and we'll focus on two things a week, I'm going to make sure I add one liter of water a day or add two vegetables per day that I'm going to focus on. And the more we add these things and we'll maintain those things as the week goes by, we're crowding out the characteristics of our diet that are poor. So basically you're in a sense overloading, you're you're trying to snuff out the bad stuff. Yes. And just focusing more on what I can add rather what I can take away just leaves the patient with a more positive way of thinking about quote dieting and their food that they're eating. Right. Okay. Natalie, you, um, you're blessed in that you love to talk about the liver. I, do. I mean, it's for anybody that uh, knows Natalie or has seen Natalie, she becomes um, completely animated when she starts talking about liver disease, her liver patients. Share that with everybody now. What What is it that really gets you hopped up talking about the liver? I mean... The liver really is amazing in that it's an organ in the body that regenerates, and I describe it as a forgiving organ in a sense. So right. up to an extent, the liver can heal itself. And when people have you know, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and they're diagnosed and they're super scared, honestly, because they saw someone who freaked out about it and they're like, oh, no, what do I do? You know, Please help me. And it's this unique relationship in educating them on this is what non-alcoholic fatty liver disease means. This is where your liver is today. But most importantly, this is what we're going to do together to help potentially reverse that. Right. And it's amazing in that you do an ultrasound one day. 
they you really work together. You get the dietitian involved, Lauren, you know, everyone in our team to work with them to lose weight and really just lifestyle modification with food and exercise. And then a year later, potentially they you could reverse the fatty liver or even people with cirrhosis while it's not reversible, it's manageable. Right. And having that conversation with patients and their family and you meet them one day and it is night and day when they can you can just sit there and listen to them and have a conversation, education and it's just really, really amazing. It's a cool relationship to have with people. Yeah. And and that, that's why patients love to see you because of this enthusiasm. <laughs> I love to see them. Yeah, <laughs> really. Now, now, Lauren. Uh, again, I, th- I one of the themes here tonight is misunderstanding, and it's our, in a sense, almost an overwhelming job to get everybody back online. And what what I see all the time is when you take a dietary history, and they say, "Oh, I eat this. I eat this." They're really eating foods that are advertised as being healthy, Mm -hmm. but really they're not healthy. And uh, people, you know, they do this for months or years on end. What would you say? And I've got my own little cheat sheet here, uh, researching out the question myself. What, what do you think are some of the foods that people really think are healthy and they're proud that they're eating these things, but really you're like, that's garbage. So what do you say? I have two, um, and they're my two most talked about, I guess, right when I say I'm a dietitian or I'm studying nutrition, they ask me about these things. Ah, I'm, First, I'm dying to see what it is. <laughs> what are they? First yeah. off is juice cleanses. These are <laughs> everyone, and it people come to me with the excitement of, I'm on a juice cleanse, aren't you so proud of me as a dietitian, you know? <laughs> and you say, uh, not really. <laughs> yeah, and I try and let them down easy, but... Um, and I and you get the kind of kickback of it's it's all natural sugar and it's it's all fruits and vegetables and what I am trying to get across it it's it's all of the sugar and all of the carbs without any of the fiber protein fat that regular fruits vegetables nuts and seeds would give us right so it's your body is kind of overwhelmed with I mean some of these are thirty grams of sugar five times a day right oh and. Again, you're right. It is added sugar. It's not fructose from soda. It's not this. It's not equal as a diet coke. That's not right. what I'm trying to say. But it's the your body doesn't know how to deal with all of that glucose without any of the fiber, protein, fat to kind of slow it right. down. Okay. So that would be my number one. What about number two? Number two is granola, which is kind of a hidden. <laughs> I was thinking yes, the same really? thing. That's what I was going to say. Okay, kind of a hidden thing, especially because if you even if you look up any fast food place and they say. Our healthy menu, it's a granola parfait, right? Every single time. And yeah, granola is just a hidden sugar fat bomb, pretty much. Yeah, sugar fat bomb. <laughs> yeah. I you like know, that. On the coattails of granola, granola bars. There too. you go. Yes. Yeah. Which then you could throw in, yeah, I mean, these energy bars, mm-hmm. these cliff bars, and all these other things. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think you may have been part of it, Natalie, a couple of years ago. We wrote, we wrote up a little blog post where the... The nutritional comparison to a Snicker bar yeah. was very close to a Cliff bar. And yet people are like, no, man, Cliff bar, that's my meal substitute. The other things that I found out, and we could talk about this after the break, sport drinks, mm-hmm. right? It's a mouthful sure. of sugar, but my God, they're advertised so well. Gluten-free products, again, really not needed. And uh, certain salad dressings in particular yeah. – Ranch. Oh, yeah. I mean, ranch is, you know, I tell people don't eat anything that says ranch on it. 
So, all right, we're going to take a break. Mr. Dave is in the booth controlling our music here tonight. And final segment coming up. And if you have not gone to drjoegalati.com and signed up for our newsletter, you will get the Fiber Guide, a free audio chapter of my book, Eating Yourself Sick. It is all there. Stay tuned. Final segment coming up. Final segment of tonight's Your Health First. Hope you're all getting ready for a productive and healthy week. I know I am. I got a busy week coming up. I know we all do. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. All right, in the studio, Natalie Amante and Lauren McNamara. We're talking about food. We're talking about liver. We're talking about dashboards knowing your numbers. Um, So much of what we talk about in health and wellness is, again, around food. We place a lot of emphasis on, on food. But my belief is that you have to know how to cook, prepare, shop, read a, a recipe, so what, what is your approach when there isn't that much cooking going on? How do you ease people into cooking at home mm-hmm. without turning them off? Yeah, I think that's key without making them feel overwhelmed and leave the kitchen in tears. You right. know? <laughs> um, yeah, because let's get realistic. No one is going to do this elaborate big dish with 26 different fruits and vegetables if it's you know, a Tuesday night at 7 p.m., we got to get dinner on the table. Right. Um, what I, I feel like people forget about canned fruits and vegetables and frozen. Obviously, we're going to do a low sodium canned bean, vegetable, things right. like that. I really love frozen vegetables. Frozen vegetables are frozen at peak ripeness. So right. um, they're not picked, you know, waited for the two weeks of getting to your HEB. Right. Um, they're frozen in the bag. They can go, you can go right from the bag into soups, into casseroles, into pastas. They can be in your main dish. I think people, let's let's toss out the dry broccoli side dish. Right, right. It doesn't have to be that. Broccoli can be in your soup, in your casserole, in your, it can be a part of your pasta dish um, and can be very easy to incorporate with frozen vegetables. Why, why do you think so many people just are turned off to cooking. The excuses I hear are, it takes too much time. It's messy. It's just me. That's, Mm -hmm. that's, it's just me. Um, What do you think? I think we see, you know, our parents or cooking food network and it's 30 minutes, an hour. And we try and go to, even if we're trying to go to the grocery store, buy 20 different ingredients for this one dish and then the rest of the ingredients go bad in the fridge. And then you're like, I'm never going to cook again. Right. <laughs> we get scarred from this experience. But right. like like I said, with using the frozen vegetables, that lets you, I'm going to pick one fresh, two fresh elements about this dish. That's way less overwhelming. Yeah. And we can focus on those fresh elements, use those in three different ways throughout the week. 
our brain is only keeping track of two things, not 20 new ingredients for our new dish we're going to make this week. Right. Let's just limit. Let's let's be realistic, you know? Yeah. I mean, tonight before I came and my wife is probably listening, she's probably laughing at this, but um, I cooked some fresh rice. I took a can of garbanzo beans. Okay. Drain them, rinse them. I took a little bit of olive oil, three cloves of garlic, sauteed the beans with the garlic, cooked the rice, and I just poured probably two tablespoons of rice with two tablespoons of the beans with the garlic. Tasted great. A spritzel of salt and a bunch of pepper and uh, some onion flakes. Mm. Okay, we usually don't use that too often. And it was fantastic. It took me 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I had a, nu- a nutritious meal. Yeah. Would you say it is? Absolutely. And I think, you know, again, let's let's act, let's be realistic. Let's meet ourselves where we are in the kitchen. If we're not going to um, let's meet ourselves at what level we're at, um, that's a great meal. That's two ingredients, you know, that you're getting fiber, carbs, protein, all these great things for your body to stay full for you know, your day ahead. So I think that's great. Yeah. Now, Natalie, getting back to liver disease and for, for everybody listening tonight, I don't want to give the impression that those of us taking care of liver disease, we're sort of that one trick pony. It's all about fatty liver disease, but the reality is it is the leading cause of cirrhosis, chronic liver disease, liver cancer. It, it is a mm-hmm. big public health problem, but, and we do take care of a lot of other exciting autoimmune diseases and hereditary type things. But there is a certain profile of patient that has fatty liver. And a lot of these people are walking around, they're listening tonight, and the dots have to be connected. And when we see patients, we look at them, this is what we do, we're experts, and we say, holy smokes, you have all of the dots lined up, of course you've got a liver problem. So explain to everybody what those dots are that we line up, the profile, and the awareness of everybody listening tonight to realize that might be me, that might be my wife, that might be my best friend. Yeah, son, daughter, really. It's all of, It comes back to knowing your dashboard knowing your numbers and asking questions, you know, is your A1C over five? What does that mean? Speak English. So, sorry. (laughs) Going back. So A1C, three-month average of your blood sugar. Right. So is your A1C number greater than 5.7 or 5.7 on the dot? That is considered prediabetes, significantly puts you at risk for diabetes. Then you have, you know, high cholesterol, be it uh, BMI, body mass index greater than 25, and then you get to 30, serious risk for non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And these things, like I said, I almost, I feel like a broken record, but I, I'm genuinely passionate in that. This is reversible. Right. And finding this in someone and saying, it's a bit of a reality check in that I'm so glad you are here today. This is the gr- a great opportunity. You feel great. And it's I want to keep call. you feeling great. Yeah. yeah. It's a real wake up call. Exactly. And I, I mean, for sure, you can profile who's at high risk 
and with a simple ultrasound because sometimes the liver enzymes aren't even elevated. So people will tell me, oh, no, like I've never had elevated liver enzymes, but having obesity and these metabolic syndrome components um, that put you at risk. And it's really important to screen so we can reverse this. Yeah. You know, in in the book, Eating Yourself Sick, I, I believe I dedicate a chapter to bringing back home economics. Mm-hmm. Okay. How corny is that, right? <laughs> but I do think there is truth to that. So, Lauren, representing our nutrition, registered dietitian, food, what what would you say a curriculum of home economics from a nutrition standpoint? Not so much that you know people could go home and make cake. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is preparing a nutritious meal plan for a family. Yeah, well, I used to be a cooking instructor to elementary school intermediate kids, and I was shocked when I first started working with kids and cooking with them. Kids love to cook. Kids love to learn how to provide for themselves and how to provide for others in all kinds of ways, in cooking, in, you know, like you said, home ec. Kids love that. Um, I used to, parents would have their jaws on the floor when I said, yeah, your kid made and ate quinoa salad today right. <laughs> and uh, you know all these kinds of things that they're like, what? My kids hate quinoa, you know, all yeah. these things, but they made it. They're involved in it. They measured the quinoa. They chopped the peppers. Kids love being involved. Kids, intermediate high school kids love being involved in taking care of themselves. Right. Right. So I think that's key. Natalie, uh, home ec, nutrition. What about sort of self, not self-determination, but self-care? What are the things that you would want to have in a, a program like this? Yeah, I mean, like Lauren's saying, I think it starts at a young age because this self-care, as soon as you leave the house and you're in college, it's kind of like, oh, no, what do yeah. I do? I, you know, where's I, my mother? No, really. <laughs> you know, like, okay, this is a pan. How do I make a scrambled egg? And how do I, you know, there's just a piece of whole grain toast, scrambled egg, avocado. And time-wise, I mean— College students are busy, and if you're like, oh, it'll, it's faster to drive through, right. you know, Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, whatever it may be, you don't realize that you can make a home-cooked meal in five, ten minutes. It doesn't have to be an hour ordeal on on the Food Network. Yeah. You know? All right. So, Lauren, we got one minute left. What's your take-home message for tonight? Yeah, I think— um, Besides, you did a great job tonight. You're having you. a ball. <laughs> <laughs> like Natalie was saying, I think the liver is— silent sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I think that I want everyone to have a relationship with food that is sustainable, that is healthy. Um, and that's the goal. We don't need to be overly limiting. Um, but food can make us feel good. Perfect. Natalie, 10 seconds. Yeah. The, the conversation is contagious. You talk to one person, then they go talk to their family, their grandkids, their teachers, their coworkers. It's, it's a movement. All right. There we go. All right. Well, look, thank you both for coming in tonight. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Go to drjogalati.com. Sign up for a newsletter. The, con- the conversation will continue. We'll see you next Sunday evening. Thanks for listening today to our podcast. Don't forget, for more information, check out drjoegalati.com. Information about my book, Eating Yourself Sick, is available there, as well as our clinical practice, radio program, and social media links. We need you to be part of our tribe and community. Until we meet again, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Ciao.